Hello and welcome to the R&D Podcast. I'm here with Dale. This is Ethan. What is up, everybody? And welcome to your home, your new home for real NASCAR discussion. Yeah, we're going to get into some more off-the-cuff topics as well as current events in the sport. That's right. And we'll take care of uh, all the stuff in the sport in the world of NASCAR. And it doesn't even have to be uh, the top series of NASCAR. Yeah, and we'll take care of uh, some of the more, uh, you know, NASCAR is kind of like a big iceberg. And, you know, the stuff that you see, the top three series, is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, we care about our staying true to our roots and making sure that, uh, you know, we shed some love on our on our weekly series and some of your local dirt track and mega stuff as well. Yeah, you got to get into the grassroots stuff. And there's not there is discussion at the national level about you know, the grassroots level, your sprint cars, your super late models, your modifieds, but probably not enough that you get a proper spotlight shined on series such as, you know, what I just mentioned. Yeah, especially, you know, really, I know, Ethan, you're out west now, but both of us are New England boys, and, you know, I know that we're not we're not all southerners and whatnot, but we love our modifieds, so we got to show love to our modifieds up here in the, uh, the northeast yeah, ground ground pounders all day, man. Ground Ooh. pounders for life. Love Thompson, our- Stafford. I mean, Loudon got it all. The Magic Mile. How many times have you seen a classic modified race up there? Yeah, I don't think you've ever seen a bad modified race up in up in Loudon. <laughs> you really don't. Seldom do you ever. I mean, how, there's been numerous, you know, three wide finishes. I mean. <laughs> absolute shit shows on the front stretch coming to the checkered but you know that happens it does happen that's right i remember there was it was it wasn't wasn't that long ago there was a shit show on the start of the race there was oh yeah i mean the i mean they pack them in there too those are some of the biggest modified fields usually you get a standard field is around 33 cars or at least it used to be i haven't been to a modified race in eons but um, you'd see a really solid turnout for Loudon, 37, near 40 cars. Uh, I mean, as bad as a uh, modified races can be, it'll never become as bad as the, uh, the ACT cars got that one time. Oh my God. Do we need to bring this up on show number one? <laughs> no, nah, no, we don't need to get into that. I mean, we, we're, <laughs> we don't need to get into the black eye stuff yet for those of you that are wondering uh, yes we are referring to the act race of 2017 um the race that a legend has it the race is still hasn't been finished they're still running under caution oh, i wasn't there for that one you said 17 laps in two and a half hours it was 17 laps and i don't know if it was two and a half it might have been two hours might have been an hour and a half uh, either way, you know how they would do it on Saturdays. They would have trucks, then they would do your modifieds, and then they'd have the, the ACT. So to paint the picture for the ACT is that you have the late models from pretty much everywhere in New England. You would have Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire. There were some Canadians up there too as well. There was a bunch of Canadians that would come down. Uh, damn good drivers too. Yeah, yeah, lots of good drivers. But the problem is is that these guys never raced you got such a big mix. These guys have never seen any of these people ever, ever. So, because you got everybody from different states all running late models. So, I don't know if specs are different for each state and late models. I don't know if there's like one big uniform kind of thing, but 
you know, they throw all these cars together, some cars faster than others, you know, the field has a ton of parity, <laughs> to say the least, and uh, you get kind of what you oh, get. Oh, yeah, because not, not only do you get, like, your ACT drivers, you'll get drivers like, I don't believe Eddie McDonald drives uh, the ACT. He used to drive, which is in uh, the Bush Grand, Na- Grand North series. I think he was in there. Like yeah. Matt Koblock, those kind of guys, those they would join up in the ACT race here and there. Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. But <laughs> uh, long story short, um, that that race went 17 laps. It took them because they didn't count cautions in that race. So it took them two hours, hour and a half, however long um, to complete 17 laps. Eventually, the race was called the darkness. The winner uh, effectively uh, took his check and scrammed out of that one because that one was uh, that w- that was not pretty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Def- definitely not. It was definitely not pretty. And I mean, we were I was sitting there in attendance with my older brother and my older brother was literally like we would they would it, it wasn't even like that. They didn't count caution laps, but like the officiating didn't seem to be on par either. They were literally like running 15 caution laps during a caution period. So I mean, that's just total waste. And there was there was I mean I kid you not. I kid you not. They wrecked coming to the green flag like on a restart. Like they didn't even get past the restart box. I mean wasn't the the American Canadian Tours first race at Loudon like No, it was could, not. Couldn't it, Oh, it wasn't. All no. right. So it couldn't, no reason it should have been nerves or anything like that. Really. I mean, I could see why it would be nerves, but it was not the first, it was not, it was not the first show there. I will say that the ACT tour race, I think it was the year before. Uh, it was, it was a good race because you had late models and you had guys, they were going three, they were going buck wild. I mean, those late models, they're only going 120, 130 miles an hour, but they're freaking three wide at New Hampshire and they're, they're diving into the corners and everything else. It, but yeah, it was they fun. can't, they, they can't go anywhere near as fast as the cup cars. So getting in and out of corners is, I mean, there's not as much throttle play, I feel like, or off throttle time. No, no, there's not a there's not a whole lot. I mean that that is their super speedway technically. I mean just like uh, the modifieds too. Oh yeah, but, the modifieds draft around New Hampshire. Yeah, I, I think I don't know if this is still true. I think they still use restrictor plates. I uh, I know that used to might. be. I know they used to. I know that used to be a thing. It was the only time that the modifieds would run restrictor plates is when they went to New Hampshire. Oh man, that. The modified race in New Hampshire is, I mean, there's a lot of great places to see modifieds for my money. And this, this may be biased, but I grew up personally growing up, going to, uh, Umson, Connecticut and going to the big T and that would probably be my pick for best modified venue. But I also haven't been to like Bowman gray, uh, a, a modified race at Bristol is probably quite the sight to see. They're going to be at Martinsville this weekend. Oh wow! Uh, that so is. If you want to seg- if you want to talk about segueing into the weekend, uh, that's there is a whole lot of hype around that. Let me pull up the entry list for that race because I believe there's 40 cars on that, and it's wonderful, by the way. In in today's today's economy in today's world, to see that many people show up for a modified race, that many cars on the entry list, it it warms my heart. It really warms my heart yep. to see that. It's just man dale and i we can't say enough good things about the modifieds and not just being from new england 
but just these things put on such a stellar live show that it's, it's man words don't do it justice like best seat in racing up there for you know up there for the category coming off a turn four at thompson uh night race like the bud 150 in august you get a seat there and just seeing the like the cockpit lit up and the guys working the wheel coming off of turn four. Oh, it's, it's a rush, man. I can only imagine. I've, I mean, personally, I've never been to Thompson. I've been to Stafford a couple times, but I've never been to Thompson and even Stafford puts on a great show, but you know, Stafford, I believe is a more, is a flatter track than Thompson is. Thompson's got a little bit more banking. Yes. So there's a little bit more, a uh, little bit more lane variance with that than, than Stafford. Yeah. Not only, all right. So here's, here's some of the, uh, the names that are on this list for uh, the entry list at Martinsville for the modifieds. You got Woody Pitcat, who's had a lot of success at Thompson and Stafford. Ryan Priest, driver of the 37 in Cup, of course. He's going to be driving the number six for Ed Partridge. Uh, John McKennedy's showing up for uh, Tommy Baldwin. Doug Kobe, uh, five straight modified titles, I believe, in the uh, 2010s. Uh, Bobby Labonte in the 25 showing up as well former cup champion nine uh not 99 2000 justin bonsignor ryan newman on silk jamie tomano i mean it just the list goes on ronnie williams coming down from stafford as well wow that's and that's that that's an incredible list that's an incredible list of drivers i mean you know you have obviously your cup favorites like newman and you have priest Bobby Labonte, I didn't expect Bobby Labonte to be on that list, and I love me some Bobby Labonte, but I'm glad to see oh, him yeah. doing some stuff there. Oh, Ken Hagee's driving. I haven't seen his name in a while either. That's an old school. Even I know uh, that. That's old school. Dave Sapienza, he's a tour regular. Craig Lutz, uh, Eric Goodale, Rob Summers, Andy Sice. Man, just what a field. That is a stacked field. The only thing that would uh, – unfortunately, the only thing that would make that feel better is if we had Teddy Christopher – or, uh, um, you know, te- if we had Teddy Mike Christopher Stefanik. or Mike Stefanik or um, even, like, Todd Zegedy. Todd Zegedy, what about him? Is he still racing? Like, I, have, I don't know what he's doing. That's a great question. Uh, but, yeah, that one of the most one, – one of the prettiest modifieds I remember growing up, the, uh, the number two whisk, that blue one with the orange stripe. Beautiful car. Beautiful. I can talk. We can talk about modifieds all day. Donnie Leah or uh, the Mystic Missile number four. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we, yeah. There's a few drivers in that car. Oh, yeah. Jerry Marquise. No, Jerry Marquise drove the three, I believe, a little bit. Old Blue. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Priest was in that car for a long time. But yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that stack, that, yeah, that, that, (laughs) that field, the entry list for Martinsville is. That's that's a list right there. That's and that's gonna be fun. They need to televise that race. I think it's on NBC Sports Gold. I don't know if I have mistaken. that. I I sure don't. But I'll be at work anyway for that one. Well, I gotta make sure to watch that. You, uh, so just for shits and giggles, you got a pick for this race? Any anybody anybody sound like? I mean, my heart. My yeah, heart. I can't remember the last time the modifieds ran here. To be honest with you, that was early two thousands. I think it was. I mean, it's been a long time. You know, of course, I have my heart. My heart's kind of set on Ryan Priest, man. I love my my fellow Connecticut native, but other than that, man, I so, just 
That's a really solid pick. I like that one. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he is just a because solid he's pick. a cup driver either. Yeah. Um, if I'm gonna take a shot here, uh, I'm gonna say Ron Silk. Okay. Yeah, Ron Silk. Yeah. I think I think the 85 is a prime candidate to get it done. They they, they start that team started I think too too long ago, but they have built that thing to a two to three win team a year. I feel like they've got the potential at least, definitely championship caliber. They're up there hanging with Doug Kobe and Justin Bonsignor and these other guys every week. Mm. So kudos to Ron Silk. I think that car has got a great shot to get it done on this weekend in Martinsville. I would think so too. Like, like you say, they they are really turning a corner. They're really stepping it up. So, uh, purple power. That thing's a purple beauty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Awesome. We, we will get into the aesthetics of race cars on this podcast. Yes, we will. Don't you worry. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Absolutely. So just well, a little bit of... We wax poetic about way too many paint schemes anyway. Oh, yes. <laughs> wax on, wax off, baby. That's right. <laughs> but we... Uh, so kind of just to throw it out there, I know we kind of warmed up a little bit with a little bit of modified till ACT. You know, Ethan, just a little bit of background just for anybody. We're not just random people that decided, hey, we're going to talk about NASCAR. Like, we are certified, like, racing addicts if you could consider this is this whole podcast has been on we've been talking about this for a hot hot minute and uh just we've been so amped to finally say hey let's fucking do this and uh, man we've i don't know about dale but been absolutely stoked this whole week when we finally you know made the call yeah we finally made the call and we finally decided to pull the trigger on the pull the trigger on the 45 and now we're doing it and (laughs) And it's awesome, you know, and we, uh, you know, Ethan and I, as far as racing fans are concerned, we started, um, you know, obviously we were lifelong fans since we were children of NASCAR and yeah, everything mid, else. Mid, we're both, we're both nineties babies, the golden generation. So. Yes. Yes. The golden generation. <laughs> but, uh, right around the, right around the time of, uh, Jeff Gordon's rise to dominance, that was Right around the time Dale and I both got into watching the sport, so we're we're not, not certified professionals. We're sum it all up. We're just super passionate about NASCAR, and we both wanted a vehicle for more progressive, off the cuff discussion, and honestly, just a place to put our NASCAR energy in a way and talk about the sport and create you know new discussions, not just what you hear every week of people trying to mold storylines where there's so much more under the iceberg to use the analogy <clears throat> analogy that Dale used to begin the show. Um, there's just so much more to get into that you only get so much time on TV and a podcast is honestly a great way to just start discussion and bring people, you know, what's the word start momentum for like more change, seeing as how NASCAR proved they can go off the cuff and make changes that, generate excitement and it's not over the top manufactured i don't know we there are things nascar does you know those cautions debris you know but (laughs) at least it feels that way we've uh, you know when your driver gets screwed over here and there i'm sure a lot of people relate to that i'm going off on a tangent here but anyways yes it's just two dudes really passionate about racing trying to bring new light on the sport absolutely and we are people that um 
you know, for me personally, I don't know about you. I'm tired of going on social media and finding the same comments. And you, you want to, you know, we want to actually have a discussion. We want to have a legit discussion. That's why this is called the R&D podcast. Not only is it because, you know, your last name begins with an R and my first name is with a D. But that's what R&D, research and development. Well, also the name of it is Real NASCAR Discussion. So that's where the tie-in comes in. So, like, yeah, I want to have... You can... You can just like take it, you know, three different ways. That's that's why it's named the R and D podcast. Anyway, it just worked out so well. It was perfect. It, it was, it's something that literally I was I was on my way to work and I thought about it. Like I got into my car at work and I sat in. I started my car up and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> it was like, it was just like a lightning strike, and I was like, "It's perfect." It's perfect. And I texted you immediately. I was getting ready to leave for work. I was like, Ethan, what do you think about the R&D podcast? <laughs> it's like, uh, yes. But, I like, mean... God, that's, that's, I mean, the only... Uh, there, there was really nothing else I could think of to even, like, counteract that. That that, that was just natural and great. Yeah, because uh, we, we don't want no fancy name that's going to just be clickbait or anything like that. But, no, we wanted a real name because we're... Like, that's what it is, is that, you know, in the sense that, you know, okay, there might be big names and it's, you know, big names and bigger podcasts or whatever the case. And, you know, we're, we're real people. Like we don't, we don't want to just, you know, feed into the same stuff that we're trying to get away from. You know, we want to make sure we have an actual discussion that we're stirring the right pots and we're getting people to think, and we want to have actual discussions with people. We don't want to just, you know. The social media stuff is terrible. You you get somebody that, you know, you're, you, and this is me personally, I will sit there and come up with an argument. Somebody will say something, and I'll come up with an argument, and I'll type up two paragraphs in a comment, proving my logic to this person. And you get two lines of bullshit back. And you get two lines of just stuff that's just like, what? Did you even read? Like, no. That's not exact. That's not at all what I'm saying. Like, or people will say, like, oh, I didn't even bother reading because, you know, you type out a book. And it's like, well, that's your fucking problem because you don't want to read. <laughs> but we're here to do that because we want to we wanna start up a, I mean, not necessarily a, uh, start up a revolution. But we want to, you know, we want to touch light on, we want to to go back to that uh, that iceberg analogy. The iceberg analogy meaning that, yeah, only the top 15% of the iceberg sees the sun. We want to shed the light on the 85% of the iceberg that never sees daylight. Great summation of what we're out to do, to be honest. And I just, and we want to have a legitimate discussion about stuff. We, you know, we want, me personally, I'm a techie guy. I like the nerd talk. So if I could, let me tell you something. If Larry Mack had a damn podcast, or he wrote a oh, book about every yeah. every little thing that he ever did as a crew chief, about shimmying up the 28 car or something this, I will happily pay good hard-earned money to read that book from Larry Mack. Larry Mack in the booth for life. I, yes. I, wish that, I wish he was still up there. Like, not that Gordon and Boyer are bad, but Larry Mack all the way. Larry Mack, yeah, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Thank goodness he's still a part of it. I will talk geek talk with Larry McReynolds all day, every day. Hey, maybe we can get him on someday. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be a dream of mine. But 
that's essentially what this podcast is is all about. We want to we want to have that real discussion and maybe eventually grow this thing up to where the um, to where the grand swell the groundswell will uh, manifest into something better. I mean, we're kind of riffing at this point, you know, and that's okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is and this is gonna be, I guess, to lay the groundwork. It's gonna be. We will have other people on eventually. Is kind of what we're getting at, Dale. It'll be Dale and I for a little minute, though, getting our feet wet and just building the show up and gaming experience, of course, uh, seeing as how this is this is your first podcast venture, isn't it? It is. And I, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Just, I mean, uh, the, it, for those that are painting the picture, and, and, and I'll revisit this once we figure things out, I'll probably look back and laugh at it. But I'm literally, we're on Discord right now. We're on my channel on Discord. And I'm literally, I have OBS on my computer recording right now. It's recording a blank Humble screen. Beginnings. Humble beginnings. Humble beginnings. OBS, the same stream, the same thing that I use to record, you know, my my NASCAR Thunder gameplay and everything that I've ever done with live streams through OBS. That's what I'm using right now. It's probably the wrong tool to use, but it it's it's something. Yeah, it's it's a beginning, and that's all that matters. Because I mean, the, once you start, you know, it's you can take it as far as you're willing to put the effort in. So absolutely we uh yeah we've got a we've got a lot to give to the nascar world we feel like in terms of perspective and we can't wait to you know just get going that's right and we're not perfect we don't know everything but we 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 we, we it's not one of those deals where again social media very close-minded people and oh this is the way it is and that's the way i think no i'm always open to learning and learning new things and i'm always open for even if i'm wrong it's not just one thing to say i'm wrong like dale you're wrong no show me why i'm wrong tell me why i'm wrong and then i'll be like oh okay you know that that and that's that's what this is all about, man. It's what it's all about. We love NASCAR and we want to share our opinions. And right or wrong, you know, you 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 throw everything into a pot, you throw it together, and then you take out the best parts, and there you have it. I was paying attention, but I was also just looking at the entry list for this weekend. And did you realize there's only 37 cars for the Cup race on Saturday night? Only 37. There's only 37 cars on here. Oh. That's something that there, there's more entries for the modifies than there is for the cup cars. Actually, that doesn't surprise that, me though. That might that might be true. That that doesn't Count surprise that me. Quick. Honestly, that doesn't surprise me. Since we're kind of oh, already. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, go uh, ahead. There's forty. There's forty modifieds. There's thirty-seven cup cars. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but it also does kind of suck to oh, report. There's even on. there's even forty Xfinity cars this weekend. Wow. So who's not showing up? Uh, I mean, we had uh, the 90s. I think the 96. I didn't see the 96 on there. Yeah, uh, Gaunt Brothers isn't showing up. Okay, because I was going to say it was wonderful. Let me tell you, at the beginning of the season, that we actually had the duels for Daytona actually mean something this year because we had more than 40 cars show up. And uh, yeah, Austin Cindric's not raced, and uh, Noah Gregson's not racing. Well, the 33 and the 62 they don't show up that that often. The 96 is kind of kind of a surprise. Uh, yeah, it is kind of a surprise. I know that the 62. I know that Brennan Gaughan used to drive that car, and they were just only. super speedways, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, Gre I think Gregson's doing all four this year. Oh, he is. Okay. Uh, I gotta say, by the way, uh, let me see where he finished it. Yeah, because he didn't run the Bristol Dirt Race, but I feel like uh, 
Austin Cindric, I know it wasn't like the prettiest of days in Atlanta for him in the Cup Series in that 33 car, but I was surprised to see him in that race. But I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent from the entry list here, but Cindric, I don't know, he's really shown a lot more improvement than I thought I was going to see out of him originally. I would, ag- I would agree with and that. Now he's like, he's, I, I feel like he might be just as dangerous on an oval now as he is road course wise and his 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 talent man the sky might be the limit like penske he's got a real good prospect right there it he does and he really does it breaks my heart to say this though because i know for a fact Austin Cindric's taking over that 21 car, and it's going to break my heart because I love me Matty D. I love me some Matty uh, D. Dibby, 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 Dibby. Dibby's got a, Dibby's got a one race this year. He does. He, he's got a, well, he's got he a, a decent ride. He and has to. I'm not trying to be harsh. Like, it's just at this point, it's like, uh, I, I don't know what, what the, like, what ride is he going to get next year if he doesn't win? And he's, he's probably not going to. I mean, and I, as, as much as I hate that, and I love I love the man. I met him. He's such an awesome dude. But He's probably looking at an Xfinity red, which I think he'd go down there and kick the shit out of the series down there. That's what I, I think would. think he'd do all right. I feel like that if he doesn't get a cup ride or if he can't get a – well, I hate, to, I hate to put it this way. If he can't get himself into a funded cup ride – I would much rather see him step into a top tier Xfinity ride and consider like and contend for the championship than to kind of ride around in a half ass ride in the Cup Series and get forgotten. Yeah, look at what John Hunter Nemechek's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, one from the thirty eight car, and now he's kicking ass at KBM. Which interesting drop down. Uh, our buddy Josh Biddle, who's uh, we will definitely have on at some point because he's got stellar insight. Yes, uh, I'm the voice of reason. He was he was surprised that Nemechek went down as far like to trucks, but mm-hmm. I think he kind of understands it because I mean, kudos to front row like McDowell Mc, Michael McDowell the Daytona 500 winner of course set a career best record for top tens last year, and then comes out wins the 500 this year which was no fluke. He's been a, sol- a solid super speedway racer in his career, not to mention an accomplished road racer in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, front row does not have terrible cars. And to see John Hunter do that, that was kind of the shock for me. But at the same time, it, a KBM truck full time, like who's going to turn that down? Nobody. I, I wouldn't. Nobody. I, I know I surely, surely as hell wouldn't turn that down. Yeah, there's yeah no no reason to sneeze at that. No. But anyways, to go back to Austin Cindric, 22nd at Atlanta, which 500-mile race in his second cup start in a team that's part-time, like, that's that's really not a bad day at all. I mean, he outdid Chase Briscoe, Eric Jones, Ryan Priest, Tyler Reddick was 26th, Brad Keselowski was 28th, tire go down, right? I think so. Yeah, tire. I think what tire went down on Keselowski, but even still, he was nowhere to be heard that day. Uh, that was really shocking for me. That was a bad day in NASCAR fantasy for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that that took me a, that took me a shock back too because Keselowski was very good at Atlanta. He's been really good yeah, the last few years. Man, him and man Truex that day. I don't know what the hell was wrong with that 19 car, but they were not anywhere near as good as they usually are at Atlanta. No, no, they weren't. 
But like you said with Cindric, though, um, the, I mean, he for the most part, man, he kept it out of the wall and finished 22nd, finished ahead of a few key marquee names. I think he checked all the boxes, and, you know, I know it's not a great, great finish. It's not like something, oh, if you look at it, if you look at it with a, um, you know, with the, you know, kind of if you look at it black and white, oh, well, he finished 22nd, uh, whatever, like it was just another day. No, I mean, he checked all the boxes, and it was a successful day for him. Second career start, 500-mile race, and it was Atlanta. And it was a Hail Mary throwback to what Atlanta used to be, what the races used to be, long green flag runs. He sustained pretty damn good, I think, in my opinion. I'm sure uh, here's here's a, a hot-button topic for people speaking of Atlanta. Uh, I don't know. I believe we are both team don't fucking pave Atlanta until you absolutely have to. Uh, yes, yeah, I would, I would concur with that statement. And I, and I'll tell you what, I know, well, yeah, Atlanta, man, I know that race was long green flag run. That's a fine NASCAR race right there. You don't need a caution filled race to have excitement, have good racing, just to see a race naturally play out the way it did with tire management. I mean, seeing Blaney hunt down Larson, that's just as good as passes because there's strategy involved there that's drivers being able to showcase a skill mm-hmm. and there's no there's no reason to manufacture finishes correct entirely how many times yeah. have we and, and so many you know it, i find it funny people complain nascar ain't the way it used to be we need to go back to the way it used to be and then we have this atlanta race where it hails back to the way it used to be early 2000s right how many times have we heard about the the, the usual atlanta rubber band they start out mm-hmm. together you get long green runs they spread out and then by the end of the race oh look they're all back together again and they're trying to race for the win not only that but atlanta you get what you know your quintessential racing term comers and goers because why tire management exactly on throttle time off throttle time that's what makes atlanta so great and that's the key that's the key atlanta i don't know if this is still the case you may have somebody may have to correct me on this but atlanta at least the oval the old true oval was you were in the corner three times longer in the corners than you were in the straightaways. It was all about turning at Atlanta. Still might be that way as well. But with Atlanta and the surface being the way that it is, we get exactly what you asked for, but then we get what you've been asking for. You're like, oh, it's boring. Like, it was too strung out. Oh, my God, the leader's got a 10-second lead over second place. Well, well, what did you ask for? Uh, you want yeah. you want you want it to be back the way it used to be, you know. We didn't at least have in Atlanta. Them. You can get a pa- you can make a pass for the lead. Texas, on the other hand, they're just gonna get stuck behind somebody. Exactly. And I was going to actually bring that up too. I said, yeah, how many can we times? Just, like take the dog leg out of Texas. Can we, we do something with Texas? Can we do something with Texas? Can we? Can can Eddie Gossage down there? Can you like undo what you did to Texas? Yeah, Auto Club Speedway is not the one that should be getting turned into a short track. Yeah, no, it's not. Auto Club should have been left alone. Big point of contention. Yeah, big point of contention. Hopefully, hopefully, I can. I don't know about you, but I intend to go to the last race at the the Big Oval. I hope you do too. I'm. I. I. I will not be able to make that, but. Uh, yeah. I hope you. Oh, yeah, enjoy. You, you you have a baby by then. 
That's right, ladies and gentlemen, episode one of the podcast. Well, I didn't mean to blow that for you. That's just kind of... That's No, that's fine. We do indeed. <laughs> I, episode number one on the podcast, and we have lots of stuff to talk about. But ladies and gentlemen, it was announced yesterday on my social media. If you follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, I don't really fucking do Instagram. Instagram can fucking... I don't know. I just never got into it. But uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Daddy-to-be. This one here. Uh, and I'm a ball of nerves. So is Melissa. Melissa's fighting a little sickness. She's actually sleeping as we speak right now. She's sleeping like 12 hours a day. Um, but dad-to-be, and I couldn't be more excited. A ball of nerves, man. But let me tell you, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. This uh, October is going to be interesting. Dad-to-be, here comes player three. Dad-to-be, here comes player number three, baby. That's right. And... Uh, my uh, my son or daughter, because we do not know which uh, which one it is. Um, my son or daughter will very well be uh, into video games. Daddy will be teaching him or her the ropes around video games, uh, teaching him or her the ropes about cars and racing and um, maybe hell, praise Dale. Raise hell and praise Dale. That's right, exactly. Raise hell, praise Dale. You know, <laughs> we're gonna teach. We're gonna teach. We're gonna teach him. Teach him or her to count one, two. Dale Earnhardt, four, five, six. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man! Sometimes when I'm in the gym, I'll be doing repetitions, and sometimes instead of counting numbers, it's just like I'll be trying to think of NASCAR drivers' names that drove that number. That's right. <laughs> Just to get myself off, get myself my mind off of so, struggle. He, so here we're gonna age ourselves right here. When you think of the one car, who is the driver that you think of the number Steve one? Steve Park. Car? Yes. Steve Park. Number two. Dusty. Damn right. Number three, obviously. Or yeah, Intimidator. Yep. Number four. Sterling Marlin. Yeah. Number five. Early Bonnie. Damn right. And you are correct Mark on Martin. all. You are correct on all six. five. Yes, yeah. Mark Martin, number six. You are correct on all those. Number six, number seven. Who the hell is number seven? Robbie Gordon. I would say Jeff Bodine. Remember that old that old. Um, oh, the Q- QVC, QVC car. car. Underbird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the the team that he bought from uh, Alan Kowicki. Oh, that was that team. Okay, I now think it I, was the now team. I, now I understand that full circle i never understood how that qvc car came to be but that makes total sense yeah yeah i think he bought that team from alan kawicki and hooters that hooter sponsorship well, did ran he, out. he buy it or did he I, I think he bought it i somebody may have to do a little research on it i think he bought it i'm pretty yeah. sure he did because he ended up Either way, I remember watching the 93 Hooters 500 and Jeff Bodine crashed, and they, they made a big deal about the crash. That I remember Bob Jenkins saying something about, man, he's got to be regretting the decision to be a team owner or something like that because he's been he's <laughs> been in more, more accidents. You... Yeah. Yeah. But that was yeah. – Hooters was on the car for a little bit, then they pulled their sponsorship, and then I think he got – he got, ended up getting Exide. I think it was Exide actually that jumped on for 94 and he ran pretty good in 94 won a couple races on hoosiers that's right oh i remember the x-side car yeah yep yep obviously and then we could finish this off eight dale jr come on right 
Uh, and I gotta say Casey Kane. Casey Kane. We could say Bill Elliott too. I mean, it was really the same car. Oh but... yeah, that is. Uh, Elliott family owns that name, but yeah. I've, Casey Kane's been in the car for most of my like NASCAR watching life. Casey Kane or was that's right. I pulled yeah. hard for Casey Kane, and then number ten. Danica Patrick probably the mm. most resonant, but mm, I got to show no. some love to Johnny Benson and Scott Riggs. Johnny Benson, Scott Riggs. Okay, that yeah, I would give you that. I would go with Ricky Rudd. Been number ten tied. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He won a Brickyard, nineteen ninety seven. That was the year Jeff won the title. But yeah, Ricky Rudd in the Tide ride. Yes. The Rooster, the Rooster, Ricky Rudd. You know, and I hate it too. That I get, and this is kind of maybe a little off topic, but I I hate that I kind of respect drivers more after they've been on the track. Like it's so odd that it's happened to me because like I, you know, I, I mean of course you don't you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone. Generally speaking, or yeah. that's I mean it, that's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. Like I, I don't know about you, but I was never like the biggest Tony Stewart fan. Man, do I miss smoke. Absolutely miss the hell out of Tony Stewart being oh my God. a driver. Like the press conference roasts of reporters. Oh, God. oh my God. Like when Dan had to keep him laughing his ass off. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so funny, dude. I love I, 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 it's so funny because you and I, again, we were young at the time and I always hated when Tony Stewart came in, I hated him. I didn't like him. I always thought he was an asshole and everything like that. But it, it's kind of like you get older and your, your philosophies change and the older you get, I guess maybe the wiser you get. And then the more you're like, Hmm, you mellow, you mature, you know, mm-hmm. time, time changes you like that. I never forget. I mean, see people's. You can see why people do things the way they do more often. But yes, like there's people aren't. What's the word? There's a method to some people's madness. Yeah, there is. And Tony Stewart was definitely somebody had a method to his madness. That's for sure. Uh, I I almost wonder if he just like wanted to show that, that like he wasn't going to be fucked with in Cup because he can't. He won three races his rookie year, didn't he? He did. He was he ran away with the rookie of the year. Swept Richmond. Uh, Richmond, I think it was ninety nine. Ninety nine. I did he sweep? I don't think he swept Richmond. I don't know why. Oh, he won. It. Or his first win. Was his at first Richmond, win was Richmond. But uh, people don't seem to people seem to forget that he. It took him a while to win. He didn't win the first Richmond race. He won the second Richmond race, and then he won two I'm, more times. I'm looking it up right now because it is. I'm I'm interested now. He ended up winning. Uh, now I'm, I think you got my attention. I think he won. I, he won at Richmond, and then if I remember correctly, I think he won like the last two races. I think he won at Phoenix and Homestead, or a Homestead. Homestead. Homestead wasn't the last race. That wasn't until the following year or the year after. He did um, win Homestead. Uh, he did win Phoenix. You're right. Okay, so but it was like I think it was like back to back races. Um, it wasn't the last race because Atlanta was still the last race in the schedule. Damn, Jeff got on a little tear there. The end of the year. Yeah. yeah. September 11th, uh, Tony Stewart won. Mm-hmm. His first yep. Winston Cup win. He led 333 out of 400. He smoked him. He smoked him. Dude, eight cars finished on the lead lap. Ted Musgrave was eighth. Ted Musgrave was the last car on the lead lap. <laughs> what the hell? With Ted Musgrave. Old Ted Musgrave, oh. man. 
Kind of like he was. He he drove probably the prettiest craftsman truck ever, or camping world truck. Sorry, Marcus Lemonis. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Mopar number one. Oh, the white that front was end beautiful. with the barbed wire. Oh, that was beautiful. I mean, Kane had a paint scheme like that a couple of times. A couple of times in the fall, the fall Charlotte races, 04 and 06, I think. Blue and black under the lights, man. That shit. That thing was that nice. Shit hits. And it hits differently, too. I mean, the rookie, his rookie year that year, he was dominating that Charlotte race and cut a tire. Just like his story to his entire rookie year that year, he would dominate a race and come within... Uh, however many he he would literally finish like 80 percent of a race dominate the crap out of it and Man. something would happen i saw i saw on instagram just last night there was uh a video it was uh him chasing down newman on the last lap at michigan the caution came out coming out of four oh. i think it was 2004 he was in the mountain dew that number a, nine. Oh, that was another beautiful car yeah he he um, if they hadn't thrown the yellow, he might have got Newman. He might. I don't have. think he would have been close. He probably would have at least got to his bumper. I think they. Could, I think they would have been side by side at least. He was absolutely flying off a of four. That that was a rocket. Oh yeah, but that was just oh man. But like we were talking about, um, what the hell were we talking about <laughs> before that? Yeah, we we went off on a tangent, but that's the point of this show. We can do what we want. That's right. We can do what we want. That's right. If you want, are you trying to get the discussion back to we? We're gonna cover the current current events of NASCAR, so I guess might as well be a good time to start talking about this weekend a little bit. Uh, as far as I don't know, do you want to get into the Xfinity cars a bit here? Yeah, I mean the Xfinity cars. I guess uh, we're gonna be Zero going modifieds. Yeah, because we got to touch it up with the modifieds. Xfinity, I do believe, is also in Martinsville. Is that correct? I gotta. I may yeah. have to do. I may have to do a little research on that. Yeah, they're here. Uh, the trucks aren't here this weekend. They must not be going to to Martinsville twice this weekend. Uh, this year. No, I don't think so. I think. I think the trucks go there in the fall. I, I may be wrong, but I think they. Yeah, go Yeah, they in gotta the fall. go at least once. Hopefully, they go back to Loudon some year. I don't know who I need to start a session to for that to happen. Yeah, I would definitely love to see that. Absolutely absolutely so even if kyle bush shows up and spanks the field at least they ran at least they ran in new hampshire yeah at least at least that's right so i don't know how accurate this is but i guess the starting grid has already been set for the xfinity cars for this weekend at martinsville this race will be happening two days from today uh will be taking place friday at 8 p.m you can watch it on fs1 um apparently we have the front row of harrison burton and justin allgaier um, that we got AJ Allmendinger, Daniel, Daniel Hemrick, Justin Haley, Austin Sindrick, Riley Herbst, Noah Grabson, Marty Siner, and Michael Lynette will be your top 10 starting uh, positions for Martinsville. And let me tell you something. If there's anything that I must root for, I, and to kind of shed light on what we were talking about, we touched on briefly with Matt Benedetto possibly going down to Xfinity and kicking ass and that. Career resurgence mm -hmm. for AJ Allmendinger. Yes or no? Oh, you could smell that coming. Because like, as soon as he signed that deal to go full time, I mean, think about what he did in that sixteen car part time for college racing. I love, I, mean, I, I love seeing Almondinger have kind of a career resurgence here in the Xfinity Series. Because sure, he was with RPM and he was with Penske, and he no, he he kind of lost his deal with Penske, I guess, after that whole like 
scandal. He took a pill that he shouldn't have taken, or whatever the hell the case was. Yeah, but... there was a trace of something that showed up in a test, I believe, and yeah. I remember he had to get out of the car. Sam Hornish jumped in the car that night at day. Was it Kentucky or Daytona? It was like Kentucky. It was a night race. I do know. Kentucky yeah, or Daytona. It was definitely or it was a night race. I remember that. I feel like yeah. it was a Saturday night. And. I just I couldn't believe that, but man, I know he finally got that win with uh, JTG at Watkins Glen. But uh, AJ Allmendinger, it is so cool to see him run good, even if it's in the Xfinity Series. Like, you know how many drivers have had a career resurgence by dropping down to the Xfinity Series? Elliot Sadler is like the primo example that I can think of that had a career resurgence dropping down to Xfinity series. Like as of recently, uh, he went on a complete tear in that one car for JRM. He did. And it was wonderful to see. We, Elliot Sadler is such a likable well, person. Uh, he was so consistent. And I mean, just to see him land back on his feet in a series. I mean, cause man, it, it really, what really happened at RPM? He, it kind of went haywire, Richard Petty, for him, didn't it? It did. It, it didn't end very well. And I think it's just because, not necessarily because Elliot Sadler, I think, couldn't, it wasn't because Elliot Sadler wasn't, I feel like, a good driver. I think RPM was scrambling at that time. I remember at the same time period. They financially struggled for a while, didn't they? They did. They struggled hard. I remember, I think, when... It was before the big recession in 08, or it was after the recession. I remember hearing a story that Reed Sorensen was driving for them, and they told Reed Sorensen, you can race, but we can't pay you. So you can you can you can not race or you can race but will not pay you. Reed Sorensen, kudos to you if you're listening to this. Reed Sorensen elected to keep racing without getting paid because it meant his team would stay employed. Uh, Reed Sorensen, that's another driver that I I wonder if they had like stayed in better equipment. Wonder what he could have done. Cause he's yeah. one of those guys in the back that knows what he's doing that doesn't get in the way very much. Mm-hmm. Reed Sorensen, it wasn't like he, you know, it wasn't like he's not a good driver. I mean, he was good in the Xfinity series. He won a few Xfinity races, I believe, yeah. for Chip Ganassi. Ganassi, that's right. Yep, I remember him. Remember him? I think it was '05. I think it was. He ran like third in points. You know, like he 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 knew what he was doing. But you know, speaking of the Xfinity series. And they had the off weekend, so do you think they had the they had the off weekend? Do you think that uh, old Daniel Hemrick and um, Hemrick and Gregson maybe are you know sent they maybe they sent each other some uh, you know maybe they they shared a beer at some point in the past couple of weeks? You, Fuck no. Do you think? Do you think that, not. No. Do you think that they? Uh, you don't think Have that you met they? Noah uh, Gregson? No, no, I've never met Noah Gregson, and honestly, me it, neither. But I, I don't think. Either of those two are going to let that go. I mean, Gregson's a fiery personality. And, I mean, you could just tell by the words that Hemrick used uh, in reference to the incident that I don't I don't think he thought. It's going to be a minute before they think kindly of each other again, um, considering what happened. All I'm saying is that, yeah, we're going to have a good action in this Xfinity race here this weekend. But they're gonna- I feel like the video, the video was – I didn't – see a bird come out the window to Hemrick, but I thought Hemrick overreacted a little bit, but I get the whole pit crew in danger thing too. I do. Like that that was that was a weird set of circumstances almost it is was. what I want to say. Because everybody compared it 
to Kurt Busch and Tony Stewart. Remember Kurt Busch and Tony Stewart Dover 2007? Oh, that was no Kurt Busch. That was straight up malicious. Yeah, that was, that was not the same. That was crazy. That was. I don't know what was, he was thinking. He was hunting Stewart down. He hunted his ass down. I mean, that pit crew guy was on the passenger side of Stewart's car, mm-hmm. and he leaped like almost over yep. the hood to get back on the other side. He had to slide like uh, Bo and Luke Duke. Yeah, that's over the hood, baby. <laughs> that's right. It was not that like, people like the General Lee, but here we go. You're know saying, oh well, Kurt Busch got fined and and parked for for doing that. Well, uh, Kurt Busch also was driving down pit road. His pit box was not anywhere near Stewart's. You could have, you could have. Um, I don't know. You could have sang "Kumbaya" uh, between Kurt Busch's pit and Tony Stewart's pit. I mean, you had plenty of time to do that. It was not anywhere near close, and yeah, he it was as premeditated as it gets. Yes, very, very premeditated, and that's I kind of agree with NASCAR's call on that because whether it's premeditated or not, whether he had the finger out the window or not, it wasn't to the point where you could literally just it wasn't at the point where you could 100 percent prove that it was malicious like, you couldn't make a definitive call no you could not make a definitive call on that i mean okay it, it, you know it could have been asshole maybe maybe he was just trying to do something different i don't know if hemrick's car was on the jack maybe he was trying to back up uh, the, and maybe honestly, knock it off the, the jack. worst worst thing it did i mean the backing up in the hemrick's car thing that i didn't understand i, I was i don't know maybe he was mad at him i just that it the it didn't look like he backed into him like super hard though either. Yeah, he, he's like excuse me. He touched him. I mean that's okay. He, he touched him. I mean he definitely got him. I guess what or what did Earnhardt say? He say he rattled his cage a little bit, maybe get him a little fire <laughs> into the collar. But I uh, mean, it, you can't prove that it was malicious though. And I think that's what uh, Gregson is very good for, kind of stirring the pot without like being overly like definitive you know what i'm saying like kyle well, Busch, he's on pace what is he like a fight a year i mean he threw punches with harrison burton last year and he threw punches with uh hemrick a couple weeks so i mean yeah he's, he's are we gonna are we gonna call uh i don't know gregson's just like low-key ready to box he's ready to go call man. Him 12 rounds 12 rounds exactly 12 yeah. round gregson that's right <laughs> exactly i think i think they should uh it should be like the, the the Gregson boxing ring. After every Xfinity series, I set up a little boxing ring right there on the front stretch, and whomever it is that they're whomever's beefing with, who's got no, beef tonight? Who's got beef with Gregson tonight? Just just throw him in the ring and let him duke it out. That's right. Let him let him throw it out. And as soon as one, because yeah, they still employ the whole boys have at it mentality, right? I'm sure they do. I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> Makes for great TV, right? That's right. And you know what? I'm all for, you know, put him in a boxing ring, put put some gloves on. As soon as one driver hits the ground, then it, that it's over and we're done. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, I'll take that over like a Stampede or pit crew members. Like it irritates yeah, I'd, me. I'd rather just see the drivers. It irritates me get, and get into it, dude. I I I am all for and I all understand the team member backing up the driver and your team member having your back and everything like that. You know, but yeah. dude, you let the drivers settle it. Just get, st- make a ring around them. Just stand around them in a circle like and let them just kind of throw hands real quick and if like, you know, as long as it doesn't get to the point where it was like what the hell was that truck fight like th- 4 or 5 years ago where they were like 
I forget who it was. It was a truck race. I think was it, it was, all, like, was it in the turn. Yes, and they were like went to fight, and they were just like hugging John each other. John West like, Townley and somebody. Yeah, they were hugging each other for like thirty seconds, and then one of them finally I think that got was a, Gateway. Yeah, and then they finally got a one of them got a DDT in, and then they were just like too fat and out of shape and tired to just continue. They were just like, all right, we're done. <laughs> Yeah, as long as it doesn't turn into that, like, let them throw hands for, like, a good 30 seconds, and if one of them catches and the driver goes down, done. That's it. It's it was over John with. West Townley and Spencer Gallagher. Oh, the worst fight in the world. That was a la- that was a NASCAR laughing stock. That was bad. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, it almost looks like Townley tries to grab his ass at one point trying to pick him up. <laughs> are we, are we fighting? Are we fighting or are we square dancing? Such an embarrassment. The firefighter should have done something, but I don't think they're paid for that. <laughs> the fucking yeah, uh, paramedics are clearly not trained in this field. <laughs> they're not clearly it's they are like, not trained. It's it looks like the most awkward. Like I want to fucking throw you on the groundhog ever. Yeah, and then like there's like that like five. It, there was like a it's like a five second pause, but it feels like five minutes where like they're trying like the dude finally lands a DDT, and I mean that's like that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like get in the ambulance and go get checked out. That's go it, to dude. the psych just... ward while you have a chance to. Exactly. <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, exactly. What the hell were you thinking? Don't let you ever bring that shit around here again. But anyways, um, to get back to the Xfinity race, uh, Harrison Burton starting on the pole won this race last year. Justin Allgaier joining them on the front row, of course, won in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that was very cool. I believe Justin Allgaier's first win um, in actually quite some time in Xfinity, if I do remember correctly. Uh, he won. He won at Phoenix to make the uh, to make the. Final oh, he did. Last That's year. right. I do remember last year was a struggle for him, though, for the most part. Like he yeah. was, he was in position multiple times. Yeah, he was and... upset most of the fucking year. Remember yeah. uh, when Gregson wrecked him at Bristol? Oh yeah, that that was. Uh... <laughs> That was uh, after Allgaier had led what two thirds, three quarters of that race. Oh yeah, I remember. He was running away with him anyway. But, he was. Yeah. Uh, they should have set up a boxing ring for Gregson and Allgaier to go at it there on that day. But then we have. I'm I'm just running down the uh, the end or not the entry list, the starting lineup right mm-hmm. now, just to see if it... Jeb Burton in thirteenth, he could. I feel like he could get up there. Mm-hmm. You got to watch out for uh, where's he starting? I know Josh Berry in 29th. I believe he's. I don't know if he's won, but I believe he's run competitively in a few late model races at mm-hmm. Martinsville. And he's just an accomplished short track racer in general. So yes. really excited to see the eight car come through the field. I feel like that's gonna that's probably gonna be a thing. <laughs> I yeah. feel like he will get at some point as good as that car runs they've That's had right. speed just a week just poor circumstances mm-hmm. um i got a rolling down Brett Moffitt, freshly married brett moffett yep coming from 27th uh i believe the running joke on twitter is getting married costs you two tenths but we'll see if uh, <laughs> we'll that's see. bullshit or not yeah we'll see <laughs> we'll see jeffrey earnhardt is in the race he's starting 18th that's right yeah, uh, Josh Williams in fifteenth, Landon Castle in fourteenth. Those are a couple of you don't hear a lot about them, but they they can get up there and make some noise for their mm-hmm. respective equipment. Uh, especially Josh Williams, he had a few top tens coming to the end of last year. That's right. Yep. 
They did, and they they started they started seem like especially at the end of the year they started turning the corner a little bit. They started they started finding a little something, and so I mean they could definitely get up there and make some noise. If they keep that momentum going. For sure. I have to show love to uh, my man Ryan Vargas. I raced him i racing core. Uh, what an awesome guy. He's starting thirty fifth, and I, unfortunately I I hate to say it that it's probably. You know, he probably is not going to contend for the win, but I got to show love to him, man. He's what an awesome guy, and I really hope that he can – I hope that he could stay out of trouble and, and maybe bring that thing home in one piece with a good, solid finish, man. I really hope that he – really hope that he does well. Uh, I raced him in iRacing, like I said, in the core uh, this past off season, and, man, it, it's like – you know, you get, you kind of think some people, oh man, I'm an Xfinity driver, I'm a cup driver, yeah, this, that, the other thing. He was the chillest dude to talk to, man. We we were, we, we, we BS'd for quite a, quite some time and enjoyed racing. So uh, I'm really hoping that he can come away with a nice solid finish and stay out of trouble. I really hope that it works out good for him this weekend. Right. Uh, honestly, I mean, uh, as far as just uh goodwill thoughts on this race like uh with ryan vargas it's on speaking of uh just good to see the xfinity cars back at martinsville uh i think they wound up there last year because of covid that's how martinsville wound up coming into the schedule but hopefully xfinity can stay coming to martinsville because more short tracks i agree we i can you can never go wrong with more short tracks can never go wrong with that never ever ever I know that's the popular opinion, but it's it's the right opinion. The tried, tested, and it's the tried, <laughs> tested, and true opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we threw dirt on Bristol, and you know, it that's didn't right. go to shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Dirt. It didn't go to shit. That's 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 what it is. It didn't go to shit. You know, so. There won't be any Truex in this Xfinity race this uh, this weekend. I know the last time that we yeah, ran, there is um, there's a Ty Gibbs. There, uh, that's right. There is a Ty Gibbs in this, and hey, he he showed him he showed him up at Daytona, man. His first race, and he showed him up on the road course and did something. Eighteen years so. old in his first Xfinity race, and he just says, "What up, boys? Hey guys, I'm here to stay." <laughs> Later. That's right. I would expect Ty Gibbs to get up there and make some noise. I think he's gonna, it's gonna. It, with, I don't know if they're gonna have practice or not, but I feel like if you give him some time, give him a few laps, he'll figure it out. He's gonna figure it out. He'll be up. To, he'll be up in the top ten before you know it. I don't believe. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I, when I don't think the uh, Xfinity cars have a practice race coming up anytime soon. I don't think so either. It's because it's just Cup that's doing the whole. X, uh, qualifying and practice for the crown jewels and some other events this year, right? I think so. Is there anything else you anything else you wanted to cover as far as Xfinity goes? Uh, any any details? Any? Uh, we'll, any race we talk about, we'll make picks for. How about how about we make that a thing just so we have a an extra di- extra discussion point going forward? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so honestly, for this Xfinity race. I really yep. feel like I feel like um, you know Harrison Burton is obviously a very very strong pick. For some reason though, I, I'm I, I have I have this inkling. I just get this thing that's tugging at me is to pick Cindric. I feel like Cindric's gonna come away with this one. I feel like it's gonna be a long. Ooh. It'll be a long run. Cindric is going to be able to maintain his stuff, and he's gonna be there at the end. I don't think he's gonna dominate. 
I think he's going to show up at the end when the time is right, and he's going to take it when the time is right. Interesting call there with Cindric. Oh, man. Harrison Burton is absolutely enticing because coming off the win last year, um, short track prowess that that family has. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm going to roll with that, but I'm going to go with Jeb. Jeb uh, I think Jeb yeah. Burton is going to get his first Xfinity win for colleague coming from 13th in his home state of Virginia. Can you imagine if it came down with Harrison and Jeb Burton racing door to door? Man, that'd be boy. Uh, what's uh, what's her name? Kim Burton would be going absolutely insane. Yes, on she box, huh? would. Oh, my God, she would. That is Harrison Burton's mother, for anybody who does not know. Yes, that is Harrison Burton's mother, and obviously that means Jeb Burton is Ward Burton's son. Yes. So, so yeah, and, uh, oh my god, it would be pretty pretty crazy. I expect it to be a good race, um, depending on, I mean, it's going to be a night race, so I don't think we're going to see a lot of tire fall-off. Track's going to be nice and cool, but I oh, do yeah, feel like... Is, uh... That's Friday night. Yes, it is Friday night. Friday night, 8 o'clock, right there on uh, FS1. Um, and that's a late start time, too. Like, 8 o'clock is actually kind of a late time to throw the green flag, honestly. Normally, mm-hmm. like, a night race, they throw, like, 6.30, 7 o'clock. But, hey, you know, track is uh, the track is not going to go through a ton of change. It's already going to be cool. I don't expect there to be massive amounts of tire fall off, but I do expect it to be a good a good good race and it's going to be a good race but uh, they need to pay an extra couple of camera crew guys to just keep a damn camera on gragson and freaking uh, and hamrick and keep an eye on them keep a separate camera eye on them and just on them to see what happens because those guys see, definitely hamrick, still are not those guys still are not on each other's christmas card list uh, hamrick starting fourth gregson starting eighth so they're in relatively close proximity to one another. Yes, um, they are. The forecast for Fridays: high seventy-three, low fifty-four in Martinsville. So th- that track's going to be probably pretty gripped up Friday night because it's not even going to be that hot during the day anyway. There's going to be that much more grip as far as the the cooler temperature goes. Mm-hmm. Lots of grip. And my concern about that was that you know Martinsville will be a good race. I almost wonder if because of the temperature that it's going to be too gripped up and that the bottom lane will be the prevailer and we know that bottom lane always prevails in martinsville either way but i don't know if it's going to be too much to the bottom where we may not be able to see a whole lot of passes. remember they had that issue a couple years ago uh for both cup races if you remember correctly keselowski dominated the crap out of the spring race and i forget who won the fall race it's, it's just something that that my opinion i'm throwing out there hopefully it doesn't affect the racing too much because it's too cold and too grippy I mean, if it gets to be like that, I mean, there's always the the classic short track root and gouge, root and gouge. Use the bumper, move horn, you know, move them out of the way, shove them up the racetrack. I mean, that's, I mean, that's built into the fabric of short track racing. That's built into the fabric of Martinsville. Like yes. that's, you know, shit that happens. Exactly. You know, exactly. You you race close enough with someone long enough, there's bound to be contact, and you mm-hmm. know, there's there's differences between, you know. <laughs> 
what you mean and what you don't mean to do. But exactly. Well, there's you can almost guarantee there someone's gonna get rubbed the wrong way Friday night. Every time, every time, and that's just that's that's like this just a rite of passage the way that it is in Martinsville. If you ain't if you didn't piss somebody off or somebody didn't piss you off, you clearly weren't racing. You you were just mm-hmm. you were just a fixture out there. Kind of funny because it was almost like the way that Kevin Kelly would describe stuff too. He was like, "How's the car handle? Good." Oh, well, what's the problem? It handles too good. I'm not fast enough. Uh, you got to have... You got What's it. the word? You, you've got to be a little loose, or you've got to be... you got to be a little scared about how fast you, you are. you got to be. you got to be. be. It might be a way. That's right. You have to... You have to be... In order for you to be fast, you kind of have to almost be on the verge of out of control. Fast and on the edge out of control. Is that the? Uh, yeah, that's the one. Dave's yes, yes. Loose is fast and on the edge of out of control. It takes care of Xfinity. I, I think. Is there anything else you want to cover as far as that race goes? Any other storylines? I think we covered everything I, that I do need think to get that, there. Yeah, I do think we covered most of uh, that Xfinity race. That's for sure. I feel like that's that kind of puts a good blanket on on kind of button that up. Yeah. Uh, I'll just give a give one more shout out to the Moffat man. Go get him from 27th, buddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I personally will not be shy about who my favorite drivers are. And the, if you want to call me biased, go for it. But uh, it, Dale and I being the NASCAR fans that we are, I mean, we're fans first. So we all have drivers. So no, we do as well. Flag. But uh, yeah, and I think Brett. It'll be a fight for the O2 car to come from 27th Friday night, but I feel like he's got as good a shot as anybody, as good as the short tracker Brett Moffat is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Very good. He's got a truck win at Martinsville, doesn't he? Um, I don't know about Martinsville, but he won at Bristol in 19. He ran second there last year. Okay. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, that, Brett Moffat, go get him, buddy. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Just to wrap oh, it up. I would agree. Um, and to get to Saturday night, uh, under the lights at Martinsville, uh, Joey Logano starting first, coming off the win at the Bristol Dirt Race, and he is joined on the front row by Virginia native Denny Hamlin, who's as good as they come at short tracks as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's won at Martinsville before, right? I know he's absolutely kicked the shit out of Richmond. Yeah, Denny. Are you talking about Hamlin? Oh, yeah. he's, he's got many. He's got many wins at Martinsville. Many, okay, many wins. Yes, he does. I, it's been lately. It's been Truex running that place down. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I'm kind well, of uh, wait, no, no, no. Your boy, your boy got it done the fall. That's all right. That's why I was he a did. Blurry. He did. Yeah, Chase, Chase Elliott, man. Speaking of Chase, uh, high time he wins a race, huh? I'd say, I'd say so. I mean, it doesn't seem like – I mean, they kind of started off the same way last year. They did start off good. They didn't start off great, but they were good. And then, you know, it just kind of happened where they were – they got hot at the right time last year. And, you know, with, with Chase, uh, it, it, people are like, oh, man, he's defending champion. He should have won by now. It, what, what they're talking about – they're talking about Chase being in a slump. He's not in a slump. No. He is not in a slump. 
His first win last year was that Charlotte race they did before the 600, right? Correct. Third race back? It was like yeah. the third race back. He was supposed he he should have won the 600. Thursday but... night race. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but he and then did he should have won the 600. He did win the the second the race the like couple days after or the week after or something like that. But no, he's not in a slump. Chase Elliott fans calm down. He is not in a slump. He's running good. He is he's he's showing the the, the speed that he showed at the, the last four races of last year. No, but he's not in a slump. So y'all need to y'all need to, to pump the brakes a little bit on Chase Elliott being in a slump. He's not in a slump. You know, he's he's I doing mean, he, good. How'd he do let's see? I knew it blew an engine in Atlanta. That was unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's odd. It's something that doesn't happen with Hendrick Motorsports like hardly at all anymore. Or anybody really. Chase anybody. ran tenth at Bristol. Mm-hmm. So not he, awful. He was I mean he was I mean it's it's also dirt. I don't think Chase Elliott grew up on dirt. I, I really don't think so. He was you know, he came up with his uh what oh my god, what's the name of those cars? The little um the little legends cars, I think it was. Legend cars. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was never really a dirt guy, but I will say that it was pretty damn cool um, to shed a light on some some drivers at the Bristol Dirt Race. Daniel Suarez, first and yeah, foremost. Yeah, that was something to see. How about Trackhouse Racing? That was. If you were not pulling for Daniel Suarez last week. You, I, I, I don't even know what to tell you, because good for Daniel Suarez, good for Justin Marks, mm-hmm. good for Pitbull, good for the sport. Like that was... just to see a new team like be up front in that manner, like that is. If you want to dig a little deeper too, um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finishing second. That he's was... an accomplished dirt racer dirt in his racer. own right. Yep, that's right. But I mean, this is. Part of the reason that this year has got me so jazzed for NASCAR is the amount of storylines that you're going to get just because of how many new tracks are on the schedule and how many new faces can rise to the top. Absolutely. Like, think about it. Suarez, that team has run decent this year. They've got speed. Like, it, ain't, it would not shock the shit out of me to see the 99 victory lane at all. I think you're going a little too far with that. But, I mean, there are races on the Michael schedule. On the 500. That's exactly. Like, I mean, we look, st- at, look at what's going on this year, man. We like, still... no, not going to But, like, still, this year uh-huh. is has been the kind of crazy that you live for. Yes, I agree. And that's what, I'm, my, that's what my point was going to be, too, is that we still have three... I mean, they're not restricted plates anymore, but you get my drift. We have three plate tracks yeah. left. You know, here's the schedule coming up. We go Martinsville, Richmond, another short track. So there's more opportunity for beating and banging. Mm-hmm. Wild card at Talladega Sunday, Kansas. Eh. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't, I don't know that. I know a lot of people like that track, but yeah, eh, for me, Arlington. Oh man. Oh yes. Such a uh, Darlington in May. Then you go Dover, mm-hmm. uh, Circuit. Of the- and then the 600 yeah outside of kansas the next let's see one two three four five six seven eight so seven of the next eight races just effectively the next two months of racing effectively the next two months of racing is going to be amazing and i'm telling you coda 
I know that there was. Oh, it's a road course. Oh, Chase Elliott. Oh, Dan, uh, Man, yeah, Austin I was running Coda. Or... I was running Coda on Forza the other day. The, the cup cars at coda oh whoo, man that oh, is baby. gonna be a fun fun race that yes. the layout of that i don't know what layout they're using um i think they're using that the track has got so, well awesome because that track's got so many fun corners it's it's mm-hmm. ridiculous the sections that that track has it's driving it it some of it reminds me of pictures i've seen of riverside mm-hmm. like the, the s section i think yeah just that just code is gonna be lit code is is. gonna be great it is that is going Um, to be phenomenal it will be just anytime you get cup cars on road course it's like they're going to road america this year man oh man (laughs) oh man i know how much you love road america you always talked highly about road america the uh of course the ims road course we still got the roval like all that's missing and this is another a branch of discussion dale and i absolutely want to harp on so many more tracks that nascar could be going to we feel like just that need more infrastructure and a lot of it might be pipe dreams but i don't know how many people are familiar with a bunch of different racetracks but your mazda raceway laguna secas cup teams used to test at virginia international raceway all the time road mm-hmm. atlanta um lime rock park in connecticut there's so many great facilities in the states and just in in the world too. Well, they probably aren't going to try and go continental. I mean, go out, you know, shipping cars off to like Europe or something to run a race as far yeah. as regular season goes. But there's no reason I feel like that we can't go back to Mexico City or Montreal or mm-hmm. take the car take take Cup to Mosport where mm-hmm. or Canadian Tire is what it's called now where the trucks run. Yeah. Um. There's just so many. There's so much uncovered territory in terms of where NASCAR hasn't gone yet that it has the potential to. Oh, I agree. And I feel like that is also another place where the sport could work on generating fanship. You know, go to these uh, non-traditional markets, they'd be called. Yes, the non-traditional markets. Yes, absolutely. You you never know until you try, you know? Mm -hmm. So you might as well go... Go put the product out. Put your best foot forward. Take the proper steps, of course. I mean, and this is just Dale and I spitballing because we know we can just say something and it's it's going to take a lot more work to actually see it through, get it done. Just look at what's going on with Airground Speedway in Nashville and um, the process that it's taking to get a race there. Yeah. No, and not, and that's not even to speak of losing Chicago on the schedule. Iowa, Iowa is a fucking shame. It was, that, that is, is a great, shame. Great, it's like a short mm-hmm. track mixed with. I don't. It's, it's a, like a more fun Phoenix to me. Yeah, well, to me, it was always a bigger Richmond, and I always put on a good. Oh, show. that's a, that's a better analogy. Yeah, or, or a banked gateway. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know what? You know what still burns? What burns my ass is that why we ever left Montreal. Montreal is one of my favorite road <sighs> courses, and we lost that track. Bobby Gordon should have won that race. I'm sorry, Marcus Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, NASCAR screwed Robbie Gordon. I, I don't. Yeah, they did. Oh, it was just did. a blast seeing two cars do a burnout at the same time. I know, right? 
But, oh, that burns my ass, man. Montreal was such a great track. And I know that they probably, oh, well, NASCAR is driving at Montreal. And somebody probably in the higher-ups at F1 were like, well, we can't race on the same track that the Cup Series and racing on, whatever. That's ridiculous. That's, now, that's an egotistical statement. Like, yeah. put your pride aside. Yeah. What, because it's NASCAR and they usually go just in left turns? Yeah. Hey, guess what? I don't see F1 running an oval. At least NASCAR does both. That's right. I got exactly. A I got a bone to pick with F1, but that's... We'll save that. Yeah, we'll time. save that for one of the future podcasts. <laughs> yeah, Mexico... I was form of motorsport, my ass. All right. Yeah, the, the, <coughs> most, the, most, uh, the most expensive form of motorsport. Yeah. Three people might win. Or two. No. Depends he, on how bad Lewis feels. That day. I was gonna say, if Lewis, you, you, if Lewis Hamilton has the flu, you might have a chance of winning. Yeah, if Lewis like didn't tie his shoe right, maybe. Yeah, maybe. God forbid. Like, yeah, but you know. But you know. Anyways, that it does kind of just speak to someone's dominance, but at the same time, just the lack of parity in F one just aggravates yeah. the living shit out of me. It used to in F one. Uh, it used to be good. Like I'll 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 button up the the F one conversation, but like yeah, 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 ten please. ten years ago, it wasn't this bad. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it was. You'd, you'd see a lot more faces back then. There was you know, Ferrari was a lot more relevant. Anyways, um. To get back on track with the uh, Martinsville Cup race, uh, let's run down. I know we covered the front row, Logano and Hamlin. William mm. Byron's in third. Ryan Blaney's in fourth. Chase Elliott starts fifth. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. going to come from sixth. And TJ in the number 19 coming from seventh. Ryan Newman, eighth. Kevin Harvick, ninth. And Brad Keselowski is starting tenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, not been the smoothest season for that team. Kevin Harvick has struggled. Yeah. Uh, interesting names in the top 10 that could uh, really use the momentum. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., we'll see if he can capitalize on a prime starting position. Mm-hmm. Prime for that team, anyway. The the 47 not usually starting up near the front. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Newman, he's a tough pass, as many NASCAR fans know. And that six car has also been a bit snake bit mm-hmm. this year run really well in the uh, Bristol Dirt Race. Newman's got quite the affinity for dirt uh, coming from mm-hmm. the dirt ranks himself, uh, growing up in Indiana racing sprints and uh, up there with Stewart. Um, you know, Suarez starting to let... I, I was wondering why he didn't get a, a better starting position considering how well he ran, but I, a big the biggest chunk of the metrics as far as setting starting lineup 35 percent goes to team owner points ranking so that's probably where that uh, went <laughs> he, he was in that big one at daytona uh i think he ran good at the road course but i think it's been kind of a struggle otherwise for that team mm-hmm. oh he had that really good in atlanta but derailed by the uh pit road speeding penalty yes he also had yes and he did have speed at atlanta that's right and he got busted on pit road, which that sucks. Uh, you hate to see that for anybody, except uh, Denny Hamlin's got a habit of being best friends with the pit road speeding timer. But I mean, yeah, you know, other than that, it was, uh, you know. Well, to expound further on the bold kind of bold proclamation I had on the '99 team earlier, they're essentially Jermaine Racing from last year. At least that's the charter. And I oh, believe that's the Marks, okay. 
Yeah, Justin Marks has... They're in the RCR stable. I, I believe they have an alliance with them. Like, that's kind of like um, what Wood Brothers is to Penske right now. I, I think I think you're right. I think that is about right. That was the main crux of why I said I feel like the 99, it wouldn't be a shock at all if they win. Because Reddick, Tyler Reddick ran second at Homestead. Austin Dillon, wow, one wins Texas last year and then down the stretch think about how well that three car ran like rcr i'm not totally sure what the hell they're capable of as far as what the ceiling is this season but given what they showed last year and this year i feel like a lot of people are going to be throwing caution to the wind at some point like knowing think about how many winners we have already like Mm -hmm. it might be you need to win a race this year like 16 Maybe not 16, but I think 14, 15 spots are going to mm-hmm. be wins. Yeah. Minimum yeah. 13. Yep. I agree. Do you I think about agree. who hasn't won a race this year? Kyle Busch hasn't won yet. Chase Elliott. Brad Keselowski. Uh, Hamlin's won. Hamlin hasn't won yet, right? I don't believe so. I don't think Hamlin's got a win this year. He's just won. He's just run absolutely consistent as all hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omen hasn't won yet. Kurt Busch. Uh, those are like the biggest names. Yeah, Harvick. Yeah, I, I mean, Harvick oh, hasn't Harvick. been Harvick oh, hasn't Harvick. been running all that good, or Stuart Haas hasn't been running all that good that year, but he still hasn't won. That's another big that, name. That team, man. I don't know. It happens. That man. team just cannot. Nobody has found their footing over there. It seems like no. But if you break it down, though, in my opinion, if you break it down, if you look at the the stats of Stuart Haas racing, if you look at it, the past three or four years. Harvick has carried the team. Yeah, in my Kevin opinion. Harvick's got to have like a broken back. Yeah, he, him and Rodney Childers just like carrying that just operation, carrying the whole team, Tony Stewart included. And, and last time I checked, Tony Stewart's still a pretty big dude. So, <laughs> you know, I know he slimmed up I mean, a little bit, but I don't know. Carried, they've carried the banner as far as success goes. Man, it was good to see Cole Custer win a race last year. That kind of Calm my nerves for that team. That mm. wasn't. He was really good in Xfinity, but Cup. Same thing with Briscoe this year. It has been a struggle. Yeah, they Seems haven't like found it. Been, they're always running between twentieth and thirtieth. It feels mm-hmm. like. And and I know some of that circumstance. I know Briscoe. He's weird that uh, Harvick got into him at Bristol. The teammates got together because Harvick had to avoid somebody. Yeah, they and he and yeah, and Custer got airborne. He did, he got airborne and pretty much ended effectively ended his his day, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, we have Kyle. He rallied the if you want to call it a rally, Chase Briscoe wound up 20th. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of a rally, but (laughs) I guess I guess you could call it a rally, but. Even Not really. Har- even Harvick was only fifteenth. Yeah, it was just that. that this, and it always happens in cycles too. And I mean, it, it just goes unexplained. And you know, just as well as anybody else, that anybody who is a true NASCAR fan knows that, dude. Success comes in cycles, and there, it, there's not even sometimes a question of how or why or what. But oh you know, yeah, every every year it never it never fails. Like people, I feel like most of the the uh, the pundits. 
were saying, you know, oh, last year this body, you're probably going to see Gibbs dominance again. But, or Gibbs and, who was it? Penske was really like, no, it was, um, it was Gibbs, Kevin Harvick, and Penske basically last year. Essentially. Um, yeah. Or not even, no, well, Denny Hamlin. Yeah. I'm so thrown off because I I got used to that big three season. Oh, yeah. I I just kind of expect the big three almost. And I expect, like, Gibbs has just run so good. Yeah. Past few years that it's it's just easier to say Gibbs. Mm -hmm. But I know last year was essentially Denny Hamlin versus Kevin Harvick with some Penske sprinkled in, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Because Keselowski made a run at making it a big three near the end of the summer, but it never really materialized that's right he kind of was put he kind of put his hat into the ring and that was about it and then um you know before we knew it joey logano he wasn't he won two of the first four races before covid and then it went and then he vanished that team never won again yeah Yeah. he vanished yep that he did including he won that last race that we had before covid which was phoenix and I know a lot of people probably yep. picked Logano to maybe win Phoenix for the championship, but you know, and Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick, and then Denny Hamlin kind of struggled a little bit. Harvick kind of got more wins, and then, and then all of a sudden Harvick had his issue at Texas, and then he fell off the. Fr- he, he, I don't think. Oh wait, he, wait, wait, wait! Logano won one more time. Uh, he won at Kansas to make the final four because Harvick got stuck. Yeah, a race that he shouldn't have won because. Yeah, yeah, Harvick Harvick should have been able to pass him, but of course, you know, being the nail in Harvick season. Well, that's like true exit Texas. He should have got by Kyle Busch if you want to use that logic, but he couldn't. He couldn't. Yeah, no kidding. But Beautiful just... great car, by the way. Uh, totally fine with Kyle Busch's car. But... Yeah. Yeah, it was a beautiful bitter, car. Bitter that Truex did not win that day. Yeah, no, no kidding, no kidding. But it, good for Kyle. It was good to see him win after like all the struggle last year because it yeah. was weird just how off that team was. It's been a rough, rough year and a half. Or ever since Kyle Busch won the title, it's been just off. Yeah, people like, seem to forget. Like, yeah, he won the title in 2019. Yo, know, he won like what three or four races, I think, in 2019. But he himself even still like he won three or four races he, he his last he won race. three races and yeah the last race of the year he won to win the title but before that he hadn't won since like june pocono i think it was pocono that he hadn't won since so he literally went from june of 2019 to the end of the year with one win won the championship mm-hmm. went all of last year until texas to win again he was already out of the playoffs come texas yeah he was already out of the playoffs, so be me. Yeah. But he got eliminated in the round of twelve. He didn't make the round of eight, I don't think. So if you really think about it, Kyle Bush, we're coming up close to two years. Two calendar two wins. years with two wins. That's why that's considering staggering. the rate that Kyle Bush is usually Kyle Bush is usually like, just ripping him down at. Kyle Bush is is good for picking up and laying them out two and three weeks in a row yeah absolutely yeah that's that's incredible and i mean that's you got to think, think about I think it that his, way when you look at it i feel like his relationship with adam stevens just kind of de- deteriorated because look at what at is essentially i think it was adam stevens call to go work with christopher bell this year yeah because that's I think, how kyle bush wound up with ben bayshore yeah and i mean and i 
and, and maybe now that I know, understood more, but when they announced that Adam Stevens and Kyle Busch were, were breaking up, I was like, why? One, one yeah, mediocre championship season? a year ago? And one mediocre season, you're breaking them up. Are you serious? But you go learn, you learn more. And Adam Stevens, I, I guess that was Kyle Busch's mentality because yeah. it sounded like he didn't. He was surprised that Stevens was leaving. Yeah, he said. I from my understanding. I watched the interview with Graham ben- Bensinger, and he said effectively. Uh, Kyle Busch said, Adam Steven, these are the things I want you to change. And Adam Steven said, I don't feel like changing these things. I don't feel like this is the issue. And then he said, I'm not working with you anymore. Which is crazy. Like, you're going to go against your championship driver that runs. I mean, think about how talented Kyle Busch is. Like, I know Christopher Bell is a rising star. And maybe he's easier to work with because Kyle's got Kyle's Kyle. But... At the same time, Kyle Bush is no idiot. Like, I don't see why Adam Stevens leave Kyle Bush at the same time. But he already won a race with Christopher Bell. So, so there is that. That's right. So But Kyle Bush, I just man, the pedigree he has and the success he's had in the sport, not just as a driver, but as an owner as well with his truck team. Mm-hmm. It's just wild that you want to go I mean, kudos to Adam Stevens, but it's it's it does kind of boggle the mind when yeah, you think like, about it full scale. Why? You know, just why? Well, you have all you. You certainly when you when you get Kyle Busch as a driver, you certainly aren't questioning if the driver is giving you a hundred percent. It's Correct. not. You're not questioning. Is it the car or is it the driver? You never know that it's. You never. It's not the driver. Sometimes it is the car. So when the driver is telling you, "Hey, I think this is the changes that we need to make to the car." And you decide you don't want to do those changes. Like, what, what, why? Why would you not want to make those changes? Especially, like we were talking about, the talent that Kyle Busch has. Kyle Busch is very, he's of a rare breed, and I don't know if maybe you agree with this, but he's of a rare breed where he knows the car, and I bet you hmm? he could probably, I don't want to say build the car, but he knows what each spring and shock and every corner of that car feels like and he could probably visualize it with his mind and say dude i just need a little bit more right rear spring and i'll get this car turning off the center of the corner better and that's that and not i don't think a whole lot of other drivers in the field might be able to not do that but that's the kind of talent that kyle bush is and if you're questioning him as the driver what i mean you can't even i i it, it, it still baffles me. It still baffles me why Adam Stevens didn't just want to make the changes that Kyle Busch wanted. Yeah, here, here's some numbers to back up uh, the thesis as to why Dale and I are kind of going off on the tangent that we are here regarding Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens. Uh, kudos to Racing Reference for oh, the yes. numbers here. We love Racing Reference. Um, that is perfect. But starting in the year 2015 is when Adam Stevens was paired off with Kyle Busch and Cup. And that is the year that Kyle Busch... Broke his foot, uh, the opening Xfinity race at Daytona. Missed nine races, got a waiver to come back. Ended up winning the title. Mm-hmm. Anyways, here's how it starts with Adam Stevens, Kyle Busch. Five wins, year one title. 2016, four wins. 2017, five wins. 2018, eight wins. 2019, five wins title. 2020, one win. And now twenty, and then they split it off after that. Like. Mm-hmm. That's boggling numbers. Like, 
So they won 28 races together in hopefully a five-year span. That's over five. That's five and change. Five wins and change a year. Mm-hmm. You're going to go away from five wins and change a year? Yeah. Like, that's a bold move, Cotton. Bold. Like, Very bold. That's <laughs> bold. Like, five wins in the Cup Series on average per year with a driver and you're gonna walk away that's yeah. that's wild it would be he the must, equivalent i mean christopher bell is ab- definitely talented do you, what what do you think christopher bell's ceiling is like we talking cup champion multi-cup champion i think one time champ he's gonna get a championship one time champion but definitely a top 10 top five regular oh yeah perennial Mm-hmm. he's he's doing better in the 20 than Eric Jones was last year for sure. Mm-hmm. And Eric Jones, we can get into that discussion another time. Dale and I actually have a side bet uh going on. Um Yeah, we do have a side should bet. We, going should we let it, we might as well let him in on that. We can let him in on that. That's right. We can I mean we're I mean I live in Vegas, so I mean we bet all the time out here, right? Oh yeah, that's right. We're betting all the time, so, but go ahead and I don't know if you the... want to call it a bet, but more like a wager, because this is a uh this is what's the what's the term here what's the judgment on this like we've got it's it's you and i are kind of on an honor system it's a judgment call as far as who ends up winning yeah it's kind of a judgment call exactly it's kind of an kind of like an honor kind of like you know uh, maybe okay maybe you don't have a clear winner but you know you can you concede like okay yeah yeah, that this is you can agree on it in a way um but anyways before the season as uh if you're listening to the show, you're probably well in tune enough with NASCAR or, you know, the new the news cycle of NASCAR in general, silly season. As many of you guys probably know, Eric Jones, of course, lost the 20 ride last year for Joe Gibbs Racing. And let's just say I was kind of burnt about that in the sense that he only, man, Gibbs is, they've, uh, they've kind of run drivers oh, through the ringer. Or what happened with Suarez, who got put ever since Carl Edwards' random retirement, the shock, the the ripples are still like in the pond. Yeah. Um, for lack of a better analogy, but anyways, to sum it all up, I said to Dale, I'm like, man, I feel like Eric Jones is gonna have a better Cup career than Christopher Bell still, and essentially, Dale's taking Christopher Bell, I'm taking Eric uh, Eric Jones, and at mm-hmm. the end of the careers. Uh, their respective careers, anyway. We'll put them up against each other, and uh, whoever had the better career or made the right pick, either Jones or Bell, gets a uh, a die cast of their choice. Yes, a 124 die cast, all those nice ones with the hood and trunk scale. open. Yeah, one of those nice ones. And, you know, and, and, you know, the funniest thing, too, is that, dude, I am not a fan of Christopher Bell. I, there's something about Christopher Bell that I don't dislike him. I don't hate him. I just don't like yeah, this him. Yeah, this is this is a friendly wager. This is yes. nothing personal. This is just pure opinion. Pure opinion. And it's like I'm not a fan of Christopher Bell, but you know Eric Jones, if he couldn't do anything in that 20 car, Kenseth was competitive in that car. But Eric Jones I wouldn't couldn't say do he anything. couldn't do anything. I mean, the dude won. I mean, he won at Daytona. Winning at Darlington is no bullshit. Yeah, I mean, okay. I feel- but you know, at the same time, a blind nut, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a oh, while. Oh, oh, 
okay. So sometimes, sometimes you end up in the. Sometimes you just find yourself in the right position. I mean, i.e., Cole. You're, you're right. Cole Custer last year at Kentucky or Austin Dillon at Texas. What a restart! What a fucking <laughs> yeah. restart by Cole Custer. Yes. But I feel like, you know, Eric Jones, he's talented. I feel like he's cup level. I just Christopher Bell is got Christopher Bell's got more way more raw talent. And Eric Jones, don't get me wrong, is a talented guy. He showed that when he subbed for Kyle Bush in twenty fifteen and he was I Eric remember Eric Jones has a a truck title for KBM. Yeah, and he showed that he's was good. I think I was, was in the Xfinity cars. Yeah, uh, he showed that he was good. I think it was like a. I think it was the Kansas Cup race in 2015. I remember Eric Jones giving Jeff Gordon some shit, like fighting for a top five spot. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. And then something happened to Eric Jones. I think he like tried too hard and smacked the wall or something, and something happened. I don't remember exactly what, but he ended up falling out of the race and. You know, not to say that Eric Jones isn't a talented driver. He could probably outdrive the drive the circles out of me. But I mean, Christopher Bell just you know on Ron Talon. You know it wouldn't shock me. What's that? Eric Jones. Eric Jones to Stuart Haas when Kevin Harvick retires. It could be. But here's the problem. Harvick. He just signed a deal, though. I think yeah. three-year extension. I was gonna say, but here's the problem. When is Harvick retiring? Yeah, because I'm wondering if Harvick might not be the second coming of Mark Martin. He seems to really enjoy being in a race car, and honestly, I'd rather not see Kevin Harvick get out of the race car. Yeah, I would. That that was more just going off of age. Eric Mm -hmm. Jones, I don't know what Eric Jones is going to get back into a top, top flight cup ride, unless Mm -hmm. he finds some major funding. I know Armorall is not a bad sponsor to have. The Tide was on the car at Bristol. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, how much of that rpm schedule for the 43 car is funded by richard petty motorsports like right. that's the question yeah like, how, how are they going to be able to take it with the funding they have right um we'll see maybe eric jones can hang on and find himself in a matty d situation at least eric jones no offense Dale. at least eric jones has won in cup before oh man that's right yep the tough to swallow pills yeah. yep that's right <laughs> It's um, yeah. As as with any driver, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. But hope hope that Eric Jones can get back in a top flight cup ride to see. What, I'd love to see what he can do. Maybe maybe he ends up at Ganassi. I know Kurt Busch is. Did you hear that he might be like part time next year? I mean, I've heard rumors for like that for several years. Uh, I, I mean, was pissed to see him wreck in Atlanta. That car was on a rail. That car was fast. Yeah. By the way, ah man, I hate it. I hate it for Kurt Busch, man. Because God, did he ever? I mean, to to he he turned the corner big time after his big 2011 2012 meltdown, dude. He is he is a favorite of mine now, and. Man, I hate you know. I, maybe it's just me because I'm a little older, and I start. I, maybe I start preferring or rooting for the veterans, like you know that the veterans are still good. But Kurt Busch, man, he's he's timeless. I gotta say, he's timeless. Okay, he's not winning as much as he did in his younger days, but he's timeless. He's still fast. He and Harvick both are still out there running in the top ten and just defying age. As far as we know, right now they're defying the age. Kurt Busch, uh, speaking of Kurt, uh, he won, boy, it's been a long time. I know he's won Martinsville before. I think he got into uh, uh, him and Johnny Benson. 2003, they had a 
2002. Hell of a fight for the win? But 2002, but yes. Two, okay. Yep. Been a long time. Yeah, he... Her, he hasn't really been terrible at short tracks in a while. I feel like he used to be a lot better. Remember, he... he <laughs> Bristol used to be his little playground he for a used, little minute he ran, he ran Bristol for a hot minute. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Oh, man. And to jump on the, uh, the paint scheme topic real quick... Man, do I miss those Sharpie cars. Oh, those Sharpie are awesome-looking cars. Kurt Busch, uh, it sucked to see it uh, get fucked up in the uh, the Bristol dirt race, but uh, Christopher Bell's Irwin tool scheme, Kurt Busch had some clean Irwin tool schemes back in the day as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Even even some of McMurray's Irwin tool uh, schemes were pretty nice, too. I always thought the uh, the Crown Royal colors were the best on that. Oh yeah, that was. I, like, I kind of miss that car now that you bring it up. That, that was a nice looking car. car. Yep, that was a nice car. Yep, that Crown Royal car. Mm-hmm. That was Jamie pretty. Mack. Old Jamie Mac. We love Jamie Mac around these parts too. <laughs> <laughs> he makes he makes a hell of a tandem with Larry McReynolds as well. Yes, he does. Yes, like that. Does. That's a. I don't know how they found that, but, but I mean. Good on him. Good on uh, good on Fox for that. Yes, absolutely. Bring back Matt Yoakum. Yeah, Matt Yoakum. That's right. Please, absolutely. please yes. bring back Matt Yoakum. Ah, uh, oh man. No, I agree entirely. I agree. This so this so, um, this race here this weekend, this cup race, this cup race here. Yeah. Um, dude, I gotta tell you. Um, I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at this entry list, and obviously, unfortunately, we only have 37 cars showing up, which does kind of suck. Um, better than 36. That's right, it does. It is better than 36. I gotta tell you though, this weekend it's uh, at least I don't know what the forecast looks like for Saturday. I think uh, it's clear. It's rainy. Oh, it's rainy. Oh, okay. Well, rainy for Saturday. That's lovely. All right. So, does it say anything for Saturday night that it's gonna rain Saturday night? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, well. Well, let me. I I pulled it up earlier. I I, I seem to have closed. The, there we go. Martinsville weather. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Saturday. High seventy three, low fifty seven. Precipitation eighty percent chance. Yeah, it's not looking so good. It could be racing Sunday. I might get to watch this after all. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hopefully, I, hopefully not. Hopefully, you guys all get to watch the race Saturday night while I'm working. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully, it goes off without a hitch. Maybe Mother Nature will be nice and stay away for a change. But just for the just for the plain old sake that it's better to watch a short track under the lights on this Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon. We're gonna. I mean, Richmond's gonna be a day race next Sunday. Yeah. Yep, that's right. It'll be a day race, and I mean that'll be the. I guess that'll be the good point, anyways. You know, if this race does get Richmond would be Sunday, better during the day as far as like the handling goes. I yes, feel like they and, slide around more. And definitely, I feel like Martinsville the same way. I mean, they're running the seven fifty package, the lower downforce, oh, higher horsepower. That's right. So I feel like a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon race in Martinsville, a little bit warmer, a little bit slicker, a little bit more. You know, off throttle time, a little bit more drivers having to manage the rear tires coming off the corners. I feel like we will see comers and goers, and we're gonna. I feel like we'll see that. It could very well be. I hope we get to watch it Saturday night, but it, it all hope is not lost if it goes into Sunday. I do feel like honestly, if I have to make a pick for Sunday or not Sunday, but for Saturday night or for this Cup race <laughs> at Martinsville. Honestly, dude, I, I I I have to take the low hanging fruit. I feel like Hamlin's gonna get his first win of the year. Ooh, you're gonna take the low hanging fruit, huh? I'm gonna take the low hanging fruit, and we're gonna pick Hamlin. Yeah. 
Alright, that is the results. That's not okay, here we go. Hamlin's starting second. Alright. Um if you're gonna take what you call the low hanging fruit, I'll take what I feel like is the even lower hanging fruit, and everybody can call me out on my bias, but give me Martin Truex Jr. coming from seventh. <laughs> yeah, Martin Truex, he's been very good at Martin's yeah. as of late. Well, I think I think Gibbs worked on that seven fifty package. I mean, I did not expect to see him win Phoenix. I don't think like, anybody that was did. that was the most excited I've been about a Truex win in a while. Yeah, uh, it, it's so funny. He's that was a track that he was waiting quite a while to win on. If I remember correctly, well, he'd run he'd run second, I think once or twice there, but that's about it. Yeah, he's and he was been... tenth in the championship race last year. I was like, yeah, I him at Phoenix. I was like, yeah, I'll take a top ten hopefully and be okay with it after what happened at Atlanta. But man, he, or man he went out and just or atlanta came after but yeah yeah he, beginning he of the season up. was a little discouraging considering the 500 and uh the way things wound up at the daytona road course for the 19 for me mm -hmm. yeah that was you know and yeah i mean i, I would agree with that that the, the team maybe didn't get started on the right foot but they're they're certainly getting back on track rather quick um kyle bush also kind of on the gibbs on the note of joe gibbs has been stronger this year i know that his fans are like well we need a win and no, oh, I, I don't love his chances at martinsville i don't i mean he's he's good and he's won at martinsville but i don't think uh i don't uh, think what do you, th you what know. do you think about chase's chances i mean he's coming off that win in the fall he's your boy champion and... like he's he's he feels due i just i haven't seen it I haven't seen the same level of performance. I haven't seen that it factor. I haven't seen the it like factor. It, it almost looked like it was going to come out at Atlanta, and he was up front for a second at Homestead. But other than that, I just have been like, mm, he's there. I expect to see him in the playoffs, but mm. I haven't seen him be like ready to break out the whip. Right. If anything, if anything, if it, if the it factor has been at Hendrick, it's been Larson. Larson's had the it fucking factor this year. Larson. I'll tell you what, Larson's good right now, but I think William Byron is the team to watch that this year. William Byron, there's yeah. something about we talk in in NASCAR. What is one of the biggest? What's the word? Combinations. We talk about driver crew chief combinations. Mm -hmm. Richard Petty, Dale Inman, Jeff Gordon, Ray Everham, Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, William Byron. I wonder if Rudy Fugel can't be his Ray Everham. They won a title together in trucks at KBM. Mm -hmm. Um, the first what was the first thing out of Fugel's mouth when they won at home that I think was, "Get ready, get used to this, boys. It ain't gonna be the last time," or something like that. I'm something like that. Here. Yeah, but something like that. There is something about that that man swagger, the way that they have gone about their business so far this year, the way they've been running. And William has had speed with Chad Knauss. Mm -hmm. Just think the chemistry was just not Chad. Uh, great crew chief, but I think good that they moved him into the uh, the role that they... is he competition director. He's competition Hendrick? director now. I think over Hendrick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think William Byron is poised for some kind of breakout. Think about how many poles he has. Mm -hmm. Think about the speed that he has showcased, like the one lap true speed. Mm -hmm. He is 
there's there's a lot there to get unlocked. I'm not sure where it's going to show. Personally, I think he's going to be... I think William Byron might win a road course race or two this year. I think so. I, um, I would agree I with would that. I would be shocked to see him maybe win an, an, another oval or two. Yeah. If you can run that good at Homestead with the tires the way they are at that track, just, yeah, watch out for the 24 this year. That's my pick out of the Hendrick stable. Mm. All due respect to Omen, Elliot, Larson, because mm. Rick Hendrick... Shitty thing that happened with Kyle Larson last year. We're not really going to try and get into too many public, yeah. political, social justice spats unless we absolutely have to or feel passion to. That's right. If we have to put out a dumpster fire, we will. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we we might just like dedicate a separate podcast to that because Dale and I we've got the kind of, kind of chemistry we feel like that we can talk about anything in a healthy way and we can present different perspectives. Yes healthy way uh so to speak so anyways just to clear that up but anyways shitty thing that happened with larson but anybody in nascar was like nobody was surprised at where he wound up because rumor was you know jeff gordon at hendrick motorsports wanted to get his hands on larson for a while now tony Mm -hmm. stewart at shr won larson he was a sought after name Mm -hmm. it was just crazy to see things shake out the way they did yeah i suppose might be the way it was it's very crazy to see him shake out you you know sometimes you sit there and you think about it i'm like did he really like obviously i know he didn't plan it to be this way but it's almost like you almost wonder damn maybe he did because like he ended up I dare I say he ended up better than where he was last year obviously ganassi is not i'm not saying ganassi is a terrible team but he ended up at hendrick he ended up at one of the most profound cup teams in the last 30 years. Yeah, Ganassi, I don't know what to make of Ganassi either. I mean, they run good in IndyCar, in IMSA, just about everywhere. But cup, they have been so, it's been hit or miss. Mm-hmm. They should have one cup title for my money. Yep. If and Sterling Marlin doesn't it, break his neck in 2002, that would the have been 40 his, car is probably. That would have been their champion. Yep, he would have been your champion Probably, in 2002. They made out okay, though, because they got Jamie McMurray out of the deal. They, they just did. never won a title. Yeah, and, you know, and and to be fair, you know, okay, everybody saw us about McMurray and whatnot. He did win a Daytona 500. And he did win a Brickyard 400. He did win Won a Coke 600. Did, uh, no, it wasn't a Coke 600. It was the 500. The f- it was the yeah the fall race. It was there. the five hundred. Okay. Yeah, but I mean he's still, you know McMurray. Should... He won the Southern five hundred. He won three out of the four Crown Jewels one year. That's what it was. Yeah, it it was not the Southern five hundred. No, no, no. It wasn't. No, it was not. No. I gotta look that up. That's no. gonna bug me now because he popped off that one year. He did. Yep. He won the five hundred. He won. Is that twenty ten? Twenty ten. He won the five hundred. He won the Brickyard four hundred, and he won the uh the Fall Charlotte race. By the way, as we go on building this podcast, just to let people know, we will do research as we go because this is this is really off the cuff. We're not going to put a lot of structure into it until yeah, yeah, unless we feel the need to. Because mm-hmm. um, that's just I how know we about roll. doing show segments. I mean, yeah, we could we could throw a couple of. I always kind of said we kind of throw a couple of darts at the dartboard and kind of just draw the lines in between, you know. 
have a few bullet, have a few bullet points. We talk about the racing, and we talk about a couple things. Other than that, we kind of just draw the line, you know. At that point, oh, he ran he ran second at Darlington in the spring. Well, he won at Fontana. Am I reading that right? Oh no, he no, started first at Fontana. He, he won the pole. Yeah, I was gonna say he. I don't uh, think he ever won at Fontana. It would have been something. Oh he, yeah, been. he won at Indy, the second Charlotte race. And the 500. Daytona 500. All right, so it was only three races that year. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, I mean, he won three big races that year. I mean, yes. the only thing yes. he was missing was Darlington. I mean, well, he came damn close. <laughs> he came damn close. Yeah, that would be the one because that was when – all right, yeah, the Southern 500 used to be earlier in the year back when they only ran Darlington once. I'm so glad we're going back there oh, twice this year. Yes. Thank goodness. Thank God. I agree. The low key, that was the best part of the schedule. Darlington, two races a year again. Atlanta, two Atlanta's races getting two, a year right? again. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, I love it, and I just that's, that's I, two of uh, and like as much of a as much as people disagree with this, I will defend Pocono to the absolute death. And I just uh, I was I was I happy I was happy Pocono still has its doubleheader weekend. That all right? That's a discussion I would love to have on another podcast. It's Pocono, uh, yeah. or another episode. Not not just Pocono, but it's what the spirit of what you just talked about. I guess the yes. double headers. Yes, I just feel okay. like more tracks should have double headers. That can, I don't think every track is um is deserving of two dates. <laughs> Yeah, all right. There, you you put it the way I wanted to put it. Yeah, yeah. you've we've had that uh, even outlined version of that discussion before. But mm -hmm. not every track deserves two dates. But I feel like more tracks could have. All right, you don't need two dates, but you get a full weekend. Why not do double cup? Right. Like, why not? Pocono's doing at New mm -hmm. Hampshire or Dover. Like right. people are bitching about how long the races are anyway. Mm. Everyone, like Jeff Buck on the teardown with uh, Jordan Bianchi on the athletic, they get they've he, one of his points of contention. I've heard a few times, the races are too long. It's not to mock him, but that's just how it feels to me. Because like the more racing, the better. I feel like mm -hmm. more room for strategy. The longer races, da 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 da. We can get into that in another time. But mm -hmm. if you're that concerned about long races, why not have two sprint races? You get two quick races in a weekend. You still get your crown jewels here and there. Some tracks get two weekends, but every track still gets the racing that they want to like bring to the fans. If you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. Like you pack the weekend full. Like I don't know why there are not more series like being brought to the tracks at weekends. Now I know with COVID, that's we're living in a little bit of a different world and reality now, mm -hmm. but. There's no, it's always struck me funny that I get it. This might be biased because Dale and I are from New England, but you go to New Hampshire, you get sometimes there'd be five, six races a weekend. Like back when you'd have a full weekend with practice and qualifying. Oh, yeah. They would get, they get a Cannon or a Bush, Bush Grand National race, is what it used to be. Uh, or Bush, uh, Bush North. Bush North, uh, yep. Andy Santair, Matt Kobolock, Mike Stefanik, Brad Layton, uh, on down the line, those guys. Mm -hmm. uh, but they'd run either Friday afternoon or uh, 
um, Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning. Um, and then Saturday would be a full fucking day. If you went in the spring or the summer, it would be Xfinity Modifieds on Saturday, Cup on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then on, and sometimes in the morning on Sundays, they're running the Legends cars. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You're right. They um, run the little Legends cars on kind of that makeshift little road course thing that they have there. There was there was one year in the summer we went to New Hampshire and they had the World Rally Cross. Uh, Travis Pastrana was there. Those guys. Um, then Cup obviously on Sunday. And then in the fall you come back north again on Friday, and then you get modifieds and trucks. It used to be on Saturday. Plus on Saturday. Dale and I, I know we opened up the podcast, not exactly, um, not exactly, not, not exactly pumping our fists before. in the air, but yeah. But you would get, you might get that, and then of course Sunday you get your cup. It's just there's so many series you can bring to a track in a given weekend. Mm-hmm. I know logistically and infrastructure wise, that is a big pipe dream. But there's just there's so much more that could be done to bring yes. more racing exposure to people and more mm-hmm. action to the track to get people more bang for their buck absolutely and if you give people more bang for their buck the more they keep coming back exactly and the more reason you're uh, gonna have to go the more the more uh more series you bring the more people stay in the seats the more concessions you sell too because you have that much more going on to stick around for exactly you know you're not just going over one race and then up that's it we're packing up and going home i talk this with my guys that i talk to um you know my 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 guys irishman ian and uh big blue and then the jc and the guys that were on my youtube stuff uh, my moderators for the most part the guys that have been with me for most of the time that i was doing streaming on youtube but we've discussed this and i kind of kind of i call it a pipe bomb dream where now nascar is going to coda take that date and move it to october and put it on the same weekend that f1 shows up Ooh man i don't know if you could get f that i feel like f1 would feel like we were stepping on their toes but yeah. we on nascar would be doing them a solid though Mm-hmm. oh yeah think about how many nascar fans are going to go to an f1 race and how many f1 fans are going to go to a nascar race where if you sell a weekend ticket and expose like say you have f1 cars there and the f1 fans get to see a nascar practice like yeah. they may not see the race, but they at least get eyes on the cars. They get ears to the engines. Mm-hmm. Like they get engulfed in the atmosphere. And you never know. You might get those guys that might say, oh, "I'm here for the F1 race," but you know what? I like kind of seeing those cup cars. Drive a cup I'm gonna, car. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a ticket and watch the cup race. Yeah, or all the way maybe, around. Or maybe you get an F1 driver interested in making you know a moonlight of parents or a cup. Uh, I don't think a cup driver would be like F1. They get kind of strict about. Who's in those? They cars, are, right? yeah. They are very they strict about that. Cup guy couldn't just be like, "Hey, I'll come run in the car for a weekend." I'll yeah, they're very strict. If anything, it would have to be the other way around. Like there'd be like an open cup car yeah. from maybe like you know Rick Rare or something like that, where I don't know, maybe Jensen Button comes over and races for Rick Rare or something like that. But like uh, uh, Live Fast Motorsports, the '78 car, they had um, Shane Golobic in the uh yes for the dirt race yes, for the dirt and they race. had um i can't remember the name of the guy that ran for them scott heckert scott heckert ran yes. the 78 car at the road course at daytona mm-hmm. yep 
it would be the other way around. You couldn't get a cup guy to get into a F1 car because they're way too strict. Right. Yeah. Well, that would be well, cool. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if F1 would ever like want to get on board with NASCAR. I just feel like they'd be I too high like, and mighty. Yeah, it'd be. They'd feel like it was below them. Yeah, they'd be like, no, hell no. The, Not that the drivers feel that way, because I know there is a respect between both series. Like, oh, you yeah. know, Tony Stewart, Lewis Hamilton, Jeff Gordon, Juan Pablo during the or back in the day. I know those mm-hmm. are two instances of guys just swapping rides for a day, but yeah, there are definitely F1 drivers that admire cup guys and cup guys likewise. Yeah. I mean, Dale, you and, we were both Kimi Raikkonen fans, right? Remember when he came uh, yes. and ran Kyle Busch that one weekend at Charlotte? Yeah, I remember that. Was it Kyle Busch or Billy Ballou he was driving for? I I don't think it was Kyle Busch. I think it was Billy Blue. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, might be, he, I know he ran at Charlotte. I might be talking out of my ass on the owner. Yes. I'm trying to go off a memory on that one. Yeah, he did run Charlotte, though, that one time. Yep. On the 600 weekend. I think he ran the Xfinity race. That sounds about right. He ran the truck, too, didn't he? He might have. I don't know if he did or not, but he might have. But, like, even still, like, that was cool. That, that, that's cool as hell. You know, even absolutely. If, you know, if if Lewis Hamilton said, "Hey, I want to try NASCAR," I'd welcome him with open arms and be like, "Yo, give it a shot, dude. You know, get in it and see what you can do." He made yeah, 2011. He made starts in both the Xfinity and Truck Series for Kyle Busch. Okay, it was Kyle. It was Bush. Kyle? I knew it was a Toyota. Mm-hmm. It was a Toyota. Yes, absolutely. All right. So to put a, I guess to put a bow on the show. Uh, We'll just run. We'll run through our picks for the weekend again. Yeah. Absolutely. So for the modifieds, we got Dale's taking Ryan Priest, and I'm gonna be rolling with uh, Mr. Ron Silk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xfinity wise, Dale's gonna take Austin Cindric, and I got Jeb Burton. And come Sunday, Dale's hoping Denny Hamlin, the FedEx boys, deliver a win, and uh, I'm hoping for my boy MTJ Martin Truex Jr. MTJ. For another <laughs> Richmond win in Martinsville. <laughs> there you go. That's right. His name's on the track. He might as well win there. That's right. Exactly. Martin. Martinsville. <laughs> I see what you did there. So, yeah, yeah. Essentially, dad joke of the pod, right? <laughs> That's right. Dad joke of the pod. So, anyway. But, anyways, uh, Thank you so much to everyone that uh, is listening or, you know, joining us here. Uh, we will probably be back. Well, the plan is every Sunday and maybe Wednesdays. We'll see. Yeah, we should see. We shall see. Definitely after every Sunday. If the, you know, if a race gets rained out, then it'd probably be Wednesdays. <laughs> yes, we will. Either way, we will have you covered on the goings on of the sport and whatever Dale and I feel like getting into because, uh, yeah, there's much to get into. Yes. So absolutely. we hope uh, hope you guys join us on this uh, wonderful ride, and uh, welcome to the R and D pod. We're still there. We are there. We are appreciate y'all listening to the R and D podcast. This is your source for real NASCAR discussion. That was Ethan. And my name is Dale, and we are out of here. And until next time, be safe, have fun, and we'll see you guys on the flip side. Thanks for tuning and stay in. Stay metal and stay metal. That's right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And we'll see you next time.